We're going to get Flowbird kiosks, which will allow for cash, change, credit card, or app. And we're really trying to open up these lots to get more people to come in. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass area dial at 102.9 here today with a Talk Franklin session with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Steve. It's a nice rainy day. We're seeing, hopefully <laughs> seeing the drought be minimized and it's part of New England and the uh, fall foliage looks quite nice. Indeed. Yeah, the foliage has been fantastic. Uh, we had an opportunity to get up to Vermont this past weekend, and it was just, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it turned out to be okay. You know, I think we were a little worried that the drought all summer would have a big impact on it. It certainly had an, a little bit of an impact on apple picking, but um, but uh, but on the foliage, it seemed like enough rain came just in time to make it uh, beautiful and colorful. Right. Not the best ever, right? But, you know. Um, but it still looks gorgeous and, um, you know, we still got a few weeks left. Yes, we do indeed. And the rain to that point will continue to help us mitigate our <laughs> drought status because as much as we've had the deluge, as we talked about before, we were still in a drought. So <laughs> we're still yeah. technically in a drought, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the announcement by the state at some point, you know, that we're out of a level one, level two or anything. But, um, you know, and just for background on the issue, I know we've talked about it in podcasts before, but most of the drought related stuff is managed by the Commonwealth. And we just we just do what we're told to do. So it's right. not always like when people see water bans and stuff, it's not really always our decision. You know, um, in fact, it's really never our decision. Um, um, very rarely. So um, yeah. so hopefully this will get rid of the water bans. I'm very sorry to all the residents that. Um, the water bands have come off, you know, after the uh, lawn season was in play. <laughs> yeah. And now you got a fall growing season, so it'll come back. It'll come back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other piece that's still in the news and I wanted to know you wanted to address uh, certainly municipal aggregation, uh, which Franklin yeah. benefits from. And we talked about before. Um, Unfortunately, the term municipal aggregation is kind of boring and, and doesn't really make a lot of sense. A lot of other towns also call them different things. Um, end of the day, the issue that most residents listening out there today are, are concerned about, and rightfully so, as I think you are, Steve, I am, I think everybody is, is the rising cost of electricity and energy. Um, a lot of it has to do with inflation, no question about it. A lot of it has to do with labor, there's no question about it. Um, a lot of it has to do with the rising, which is a good thing, the rising quantity of clean energy that's being put on the system, which is taking away from oil and putting those that responsibility for energy on clean energy and electricity for most cases. But people are concerned about the announcement from National Grid that rates would be going up possibly as much as 60% um, you know, this winter. I want to make sure the public's clear about several things and our listeners. One, the rates are not firmly set on basic service for National Grid until November 1st. Um, so there's still a few weeks to go to find out what the basic service rate um, will be. Um, everything else is hypothetical up until the Commonwealth uh, certifies that rate request from National Grid. History will show that the Commonwealth traditionally approves what the energy providers want. 
not necessarily because they are the evil empire, but because when the electricity stops, people are way more inconvenienced than necessarily the rate at which it goes up. The second point is, is the most germane one, which is the town did negotiate a 10.7 cents per kilowatt rate. Um, basic service right now, I believe, is at about 13, 14 cents. It's expected to go up to about 16 or 17 cents per kilowatt, which is a lot of money um, when you're talking about a six-month winter where people will have the heat on. More people have clean energy and rely on electricity more than they do oil in the past, which puts more pressure on the grid and rises up your rates. I got to assure everyone listening to this that the 10 and a half or so cents per kilowatt is an extraordinarily cheap rate for this winter relative to what people are likely and almost assuredly going to pay uh, for basic service. I want to assure like about 95% of the town of Franklin is already enrolled and needs to do nothing. Okay, uh, Steve, where that, that's really good. As you know, and you've been observing this a long time, and I've given reports on this at meetings, our uh, opt-out rate in Franklin, uh, and especially initially when we started the program two years ago, was one of the lowest in Massachusetts up until that point. Right. And I think most of the residents and small businesses in Franklin recognized that rate stability for three years, regardless of whether basic was up or down or where the economics went, stability is always a really good thing. It's a good thing for a household to plan their costs. It's good for businesses to plan their costs. Um, and as we're sitting here today, um, the great news is, is the Franklin residents will have a 10-7 rate uh, throughout the winter. In fact, that rate goes all the way through next November of 2023. So there's rate stability in Franklin. And oh, by the way, the, also the news um, that most people, now that they're uh, awakening to this reality, Steve, and we're getting a lot of phone calls in the office uh, and a lot of emails. The other thing is we bought a 10.7% rate with a 100% um, wind renewable energy product. Right. So from a net zero perspective, we're taking advantage and the people's money is taking advantage of the renewable energy from the Midwest via uh, wind turbines. So um, those are all really great things. I hope people go into this winter feeling a little safer, a little more reassured, and, um, and that their costs at their home are not going to be spiking uh, to the level that it will in other communities. Yeah, at least from an electric perspective, because there may still be some with gas, et cetera, oil yep. that's not covered by this. But from an electric perspective, at least we've got that covered. Yeah. And thanks to the foresight for the town. And I know you tried... Even after the council authorized you, you went to bid multiple times, I think over a couple of years before you actually got the years. contract you wanted to. It was over three years. We gave the consultant the goal. Um, yep. It took a little while for the market to settle that rate. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, we did have some foresight on it. Again, you know, rates go up and down all the time, but, you know, at least you have predictability. And I would say, finally, don't let this be the winner where you just turn everything on and leave the lights on at home. <laughs> right. Just because right. the rate is affordable. Yeah. No. You can still continue to cut your costs for your household if you just turn off all the lights at night. There's we're a very safe community. There's probably really no reason to have lights on outside your house at night. And there's a lot of other ways from a consumption standpoint that every family can still save more money throughout the winter. Mm -hmm. um, so just encourage people to think of the conservation at home as well. Yeah. And I think the other 
piece I'll add to this so we don't have to beat the horse. Um, it was interesting because while the grade is good through next November, and obviously who knows what's going to change between now and then, I think Somerville just set their rate recently, which even in this particular market, they got a rate in the neighborhood of 14, 15 cents per kilowatt, which that's, you know, that shows, I think, the power of the aggregation. So the buying in bulk concept. Yep. And even over BJ's. there, two, three years, it's that's that still gives us a benefit as well. Yeah. And, and a lot of residents, you know, so, very few, but some were ideologically opposed to the idea of any government um, bulk purchasing power, right? It's kind of like saying, I'm not going to go to BJ's to get the bulk tissues or toilet paper. I'm going to go to some other place and pay per, uh, you know, per uh, uh, rack of, uh, of paper towels. And like mm -hmm. We did a bulk purchasing based on the bulk aggregation of the community. And so, um, you know, it, uh, Council Frangillo, I think, uh, stated, you know, every resident, you know, a family of four at average consumption could be saving almost $1,000 this winter between basic service and um, in this rate. So, um, you know, I, I loved uh, one of his comments at the end saying, thank your government. And if you um, have not enrolled, enroll, and then thank your government. I thought that was a crafty little quote by him. So, um, you know, it's a good message. It's a good message. Yes, definitely. Definitely a good message. Um, the other piece from our recent council meeting, uh, the public hearing, the right of first refusal on the Schmitz farm uh, came through as a public hearing. And while it was recommended from the Community Preservation Committee on the night prior, the council still has to vote on it, but that's to be scheduled at a future meeting. It'll be coming up on October 19th at their next meeting next week. Uh, successful public hearing. Um, one of the last, if not the largest piece of open space left in Franklin. Um, you know, people can go onto our website. There's a PowerPoint presentation we gave. You can go to Franklin TV, um, go to Franklin Matters to listen to the audio. Plenty of opportunities to go through it. I won't go through the details, but um the Community Preservation Act is living up to the words in which it is called. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, an agricultural parcel, a working farm, gorgeous rolling hills, um, once in a lifetime opportunity. And we're, um, you know me, Steve, I'm a massive backpacker and hiker and outdoorsman. You know, it, it, it just for people like me, this is about as good as it gets. It's, yeah. it's pretty much the reason why we as town managers and superintendents of schools, you know, you, you don't get these victories very often. Um, it's kind of why we get, get into this business and you deal with a lot of other Bologna or as Joe Biden would say, malarkey mm -hmm. uh, in these jobs and um, every, all the pain and agony of everything else and the challenging issues that we go through um, is pretty much all worth it for, um, for this type of stuff. So we're very excited and it looks like um, it's going to be two or three roll call votes next week on the purchase and sale and the exercise and the right of first refusal. And um, it's a very, very exciting thing for the town of Franklin. And I was very happy that a lot of citizens showed up to support it. And, um, you know, the council seemed unanimously endorsed of this idea. And, um, and now the real work becomes after the uh, hopeful formalities this week, you know, then the real work begins about master planning the property and how to use it. Sure. Um, so it's a really great thing. And I, we'll, we won't go through the details, Steve. We'll let everybody go see the, the Franklin TV show or the PowerPoint. But um, folks uh, have the chance that should go take a look at it or be 
be a participant Wednesday, October 19th at 7 p.m. There'll be legislation for action on the council agenda, um, exercising the right of first refusal and purchasing the overwhelming majority of Schmidt Farm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the work, the other piece of the work going forward, clearly the uh, layout in future, which will be community input as well in terms of how the land is actually going to be used. It's talked potentially of a community farm, additional community garden spots. The opportunities are plentiful because we will, unfortunately, (laughs) assuming the vote goes continues to be positive, we'll have that space to change and do that. And then you still have the work for on the maple hill yeah, piece. It's a, also it's still P- there's CPA so many funds. great things that could come of, of of the parcel um we outlined them at the meeting and um you know there'll be hiking trails we're sure there'll be a community garden um you know i think the bigger decisions steve are going to be about whether to lease any of the property for active farming sure i think ultimately that's going to be one of the more challenging pieces yeah um because there's you know this public procurement about maximizing the benefit of public assets and stuff of that sort but but you know what a, what a, just a great just think of the future as we sit here and look at the news every day um you know we see what's going on around the world it can be very troubling a lot of times very overwhelming um, but here we are in a position to have a project for the next five six seven years that should be really exciting and enriching for the whole town and it's um you know it's just a it's really a career these are career highlights steve you yeah. don't get them every day and they're great yeah. No, it's twice in my 15 years. So I'm I'm appreciative of that too. So <laughs> <laughs> two it we've had two and two years after community preservation. I mean, I hope the voters out there who voted for it and we know some of the voters who didn't vote for it are now happy. You know, thank your town council and, and thank the voters and the staff and everybody's been able to do some great projects. Very Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Government working at its best. And yeah. albeit sometimes things take time, but you've got a set of bylaws pending that are an iterative improvement, in some cases a major improvement to hopefully the downtown parking issue. Um yeah. so aside from Dean, that's a separate piece, but we'll mention that as well. So yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Dean in a second because we had a neighborhood alliance meeting the other night that went really well. But the downtown parking issue, I think there's two huge victories in this. Um that are sizable changes, completely different directions the town's ever gone before. Um, one is no overnight parking in the town parking lots, as well as East Central Street and Main Street. That is to ensure that people do not dump their cars there all weekend long, um, you know, and, and hog up spaces that are right in front of the businesses. Mm-hmm. Especially for those early um, So that's a really good one that to get I to think the, the downtown partnership has been looking for for a long time. And yep. Two huge victories are no overnight parking and two-hour parking on East Central and Main Street, right on that main business corridor where people do a lot of their shopping and errands. Right. Um, the parking regulations will generally be between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. for two-hour parking. And then free parking from uh, 6 p.m. to uh, about 2 a.m. And then no overnight parking from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Um, there is still a second reading of all this. And as you know, there was a lively debate about a lot of these decisions the other night. Um, and then the really second big victory. So the, the finality isn't there yet, if you will. But um, November 2nd is when those public, those second readings will be for anybody out there that's interested in tuning in and watching. And then the other big part of the parking lots, per- particularly Ferraras and the Depot Street one, uh, for years in our town bylaw, as long back as Jeff can remember, 
um, it's always been commuter or merchant parking only and only by quarterly passes. And we've gone around and around during the pandemic, Steve, of trying to predict whether commuting will come back. None of the merchants are buying any of the spaces. They're not coming back. Remote work. You know, however you want to describe the problem, the bottom line is, is that we are opening up all those lots to a first come, first serve basis, all those 90 or so spaces um, on a day in doubt basis. No restrictions, could be a commuter, could be a merchant, could be employees, could be shoppers, retailers, tourists, <laughs> anyone, citizens, <laughs> they can go in and park on a daily fee. The fee will be very low. Um, it'll be at least half of what the MBTA charges currently, which is $6. The current rate is about $3 a day. Uh, my educated guess tells me is that that will be lowered um, by the time this all gets implemented uh, next spring. Um, but we're going to get Flowbird kiosks, which will allow for cash, change, credit card, or app. And we're really trying to open up these lots to get more people to come in where if you look at the signs now, Steve, and a lot of, I know you've heard this complaining for years, but, um, but you know, people say, well, the signs are a problem. It's not the signs that are the problem. It's the, the signs reflect, <laughs> yeah, the signs reflect the Bible. And so people have been fearful of getting a ticket if they park in there uh, to go out to eat and browse around downtown at night. Mm-hmm. So this is going to open up for everything. The parking will be free for downtown to propose to, uh, to be uh, shoppers, uh, to go out to eat, to go to the black box, to go to a theater, go to Dean College, to go out to the theater there. Um, you know, all these will be open for patronizing. It'll be free from 6 p.m. until well after uh, midnight. Um, you know, we'll see where the final decision of the council was. The EDC had recommended a curfew of midnight. Uh, the council adopted a provision to 2 a.m., um, and as you would expect, Steve, everybody has got an opinion about the 2 a.m. now mm-hmm. um, and whether that's right or wrong. You know, the businesses aren't open. Council Chandler made, uh, I thought, at least a, a germane and uh, argument as to for an economic development purpose. Do we want later nights to encourage more restaurants and more nightlife? Um, you know, these aren't easy decisions, but no. ultimately, regardless of whether it's 2 a.m. or new, uh, midnight, uh, the bottom line is, is all day those 90 spaces or so will now be opened up to patrons to be able to go down there. Uh, we've heard complaints from numerous stakeholders over the years about parking, and they want their turf and this turf there. We're done with the turf war, Steve. Mm-hmm. Done with the turf war. <laughs> first come, first serve. Okay, and we're gonna act, we're gonna act like a real parking lot and not try to carve it up so each person gets their little turf. We're going to let everybody do this on their own. And unfortunately, the one downside to it, but you heard it at the meetings too, and I'm sure you have a few thoughts on it, is, you know, the council clearly is prioritizing enforcement, right? So as we grow into this parking piece, um, and hopefully more people use it, the the one thing people are going to have to be uh, conscientious of is that it is definitely going to be enforced by the police and we'll probably be putting some uh, proposals into the budget next year to help the police uh, enforce the downtown parking, but um, these are seismic changes. I think you would agree that these are these are these are big changes than from the from past practice. Absolutely, and the one quibble I have is with the rate, if you will, to that point that if the rate is 
not equal to or greater than the MBTA parking, the MBAT, MBTA parkers will use it, particularly the Depot Street lot, and thereby that space will not be available for the intended purpose. So if you and I would still argue for six or even six fifty, et cetera, just to make sure that it's a little bit more. Um, and for most of the Franklin users of that, yep. they're not going to pay the six fifty anyway because they're not going to be there for the full day other than the workers. But that's still, they now have a spot. But for most of the folks, because it's going to be paid by the time and it's going to be prorated, if they're out in two hours, it's a $2 based on the rate. right? Or it $2 might be like rate. 50 cents. You know, I mean, if it, you go with, be. you know, I mean, I mean, this was part of the, probably the biggest controversy of the meeting, although it was just a, it's not controversial. It's not a lively debate. It's People a discussion. Disagree. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, it was a very narrow vote. It was a five to four vote to give the town administrator full authority over setting the rates. And the argument really is, and the reason why I thought this up wasn't a power dynamic. I, no. yeah. I can assure you on the record, this is not uh, taking over and being the uh, individual who sets the parking rates is not a popular thing. This is not something that I think is a great, uh, a superb idea that I'm trying to rip away power from anybody or whatnot. But the dynamic is, is that over the next two years, at least, we are going to see changing patterns of downtown parking. And we need to be nimble enough to be able to adjust on the fly. So to your point, if people aren't even going to pay three bucks for a full day, Maybe we need to drop the rates a little more. Mm -hmm. If we want to compete with the MBTA and make sure that they still get people parking down there and not everybody parking in the up, upper lot in our lot, which is blocking retailers, well, then maybe we need to up our rate for the early morning to the afternoons, right? right. Sure. And so there's going to be a 50 cent charge for processing as there always is on these things too. Yep. But, um, but we may realize over the course of the next two to three years that rates have to go up. Maybe there's more demand for parking than we knew. If a big business comes into Franklin and then downtown and becomes a big draw, like a brewery or something like that, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have a, a higher market potential to make sure that those rates uh, are more sustainable at a higher level. There's right. going to be a lot of fluctuation. And if you look at a consultant, and this will transition into the Dean College meeting, where Ed Augustus, Chancellor Augustus, talked about the same dynamic in Worcester when he was city manager there. One of the troubling things is, is one day you're not in demand, and then the next day a business or some other dynamic shows up and everybody wants to park there. Sure. And you realize that you have to be nimble enough as an organization to not get caught in the political traps of waging wars over $1, $2, $3, $5. really need to be nimble and be able to adjust more quickly on the fly and adapt to market conditions, especially as we don't know whether commuting is going to come back. The number one complaint I got over the last couple of years was we don't want to buy a quarterly pass. I only go into the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays now. Why can't I just buy a parking space for two days a week? Sure. This allows that new age commuter who goes into the office once a week, wants to take the train and wants to do it that way. Well, this is this will help a lot of those people, you know? Mm -hmm. So we Ed Augustus was talking about how they hired a consultant for $100,000 or so to go through oodles of data and pump out recommendations. And one of the things we did in our research was we don't have any data. No, we don't, no. we don't know 
people are hypothesizing of what the market is going to be. But really, those opinions are generally rooted in biases to favor one constituent group over another, a commuter, retailer, employees, whoever they might be. And what we really need to do over the next few years is get some data and some numbers to show what are the trends and where are they moving so we can adapt and hopefully service the citizens and the people who want to go downtown. We can help them all a lot better, mm-hmm. if, if you follow me on that. Oh, I yeah, absolutely. Um, the data is the key point. Um, the data you do have, respectfully, is somewhat inconsistent in terms of parking tickets because we know the enforcement right. hasn't been universal. So even right. that data is questionable. But now once exactly. over the, t- the parking meters go in, then you'll be able to say this one's used 99% of the time. <laughs> this one's used 100% and no the the usage by meter etc so that that'll be much more valuable to make decisions with and you raise an excellent point on the enforcement the data then will follow on enforcement after that and we will have more precise numbers about where the scaf laws are and what's the rate of being you know maybe we get improvement because of greater enforcement and more fines as discussed last week mm-hmm. and as discussed at the neighborhood alliance uh, with the meeting after the five tickets, the car gets towed. Right. And now at $50 for an overnight uh, ticket, well, that adds up a little quicker than 15 Sure. So, um, you know, if I'm a Dean College student, you know, I'm going to take note of those th- two $50 tickets yeah. quicker than 15 and with the greater enforcement. Sure. Um, and more, more, more uh, consistent enforcement, I think, is probably a better term. Um, you know, that, that will help out a lot. Well, so this is a great example. You said it a minute ago, Steve, about, about things take time. This one's going to take a few years to breathe and everyone's going to have to try to do the best they can, um, to follow some of these changes. These are huge policy changes for the town of Franklin. Um, and we've got to let them breathe for a few years, you know, and let's, let's see how this all goes and let's see how the public reacts. Yeah, that's where I'm also in favor of you managing the rate itself, because otherwise, to the time, while it takes time, suppose MBTA all of a sudden announces they're going to have a rate increase. Now it would Mm. take us approximately two months in order to adjust our rate for their rate when you could do it realistically in a matter of minutes. Yeah. I mean, if people really consider that, it makes sense. And it's not taking, to your point, power away from the councils council still has that oversight responsibility they just get away from a level of detail that they shouldn't be managing respectfully <laughs> i'm actually worried Steve, you raise a great point i'm actually more worried about the mbta lowering their rates because they're not their lot is not filled no and not. we know the t is broke we know the t is broken we know the t is struggling mightily their customers have gone away there's not a lot of faith in the system and there's not a lot, there just truly is not a leader on, on Beacon Hill that is standing up and saying, we need a systemic, holistic adjustment on the MBTA mm-hmm. to make this vital, not for just public transit and access, but for lower income residents and also climate change. We need to be investing in public infrastructure. I'm afraid the MBTA is going to lower the rates. And to your point, Steve, it's a really good one. They can just do that, right? So yep. one day we will wake up. And we will realize they just lowered the rate from six to five dollars. And they've done it before because they lowered the rate in Norfolk four years ago when they jacked up the rate in Franklin. And they did that. They 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 did it. They publicly admitted it. They did that in order to get 
behavior to change because mm-hmm. the Dean lot and our lots were completely full. Sure. And there was a bigger demand. But to yeah. the point you just made, I'm more worried about I'm going to have to be in a position to probably decrease rates at some point if the T decreases their rates and we won't find out about it until the, they do it. Right. Um, so they can drive more traffic into their lots to be able to make their, their money back. And so we've got to be in a nimble position. Um, as I said before, uh, you know, this is not really something I'm, I'm dying to do. I'm doing this because I think it is unquestionably the best thing for the, uh, the for all of the commuters and merchants and citizens of Franklin to be able to adjust more nimbly on the fly. And Steve, we all know if there are citizens that are complaining about the rates, you know I'm going to hear about it. Either from them, the elected officials, mm-hmm. other stakeholders, the downtown right. partnership, some of the business yeah. owners. If this isn't working, they are going to come and let me know this. And that's a good thing. And that's okay. So we don't have to go through the two or three months, um, you know, approval through all the, the bylaw reading. Sure. So, um, you know, I expect it, yep. again, if people out there are listening and this is somewhat fascinating and people like downtown development, Tune in on November 2nd. That's when the legal ad went out for the second reading of all the downtown parking issues and come and tell us your views. Yep. And being mindful of your time. The other piece I think we want to cover today is the election and the preparation. The town clerk, while she announced last week, she had not yet received the ballots from the state. She did get them this week. So they're busy as beavers or whatever good appropriate terminology is. They're busy working to get the mail ballots out. I went in uh, yesterday to the training room where the assembly line was and just like waved on the way to the restroom in the cafeteria on the third floor. And those folks are working so hard and they're so focused. No one even really recognized I was walking by and it was kind of refreshing. I wish that happened more often, but they did it. They're doing a great job. The ballots came in on Tuesday, uh, the 11th, I think is the date. And then um, and then uh, they started assembly on the 12th. The first batch, as we speak right now, is going out to those folks in the mail. We've gotten uh, over 6,000 mail-in ballot requests. They will be in everybody's hands by the end of the week. And, um, and then we just, uh, you know, Nancy's been doing a great job. And just for everybody out there, this was not, you know, getting the ballots was not an issue of, you know, the town clerk. Um, we, we put in the ballot... Uh, uh, um, primer right before, uh, well before the deadline. Um, this was an indication. I think things got a little stalled at the state level, uh, because of the, uh, question four, uh, the citizens petition. So I think some of the printers and some of these, remember they're doing millions of ballots, they're printing. Um, it takes a long time for everything to get settled, proofread, make sure it gets certified by the Commonwealth and all that. I think the requisite number of signatures on the fourth question maybe held things up just a little. And some of the communities had to go back. There was also some voter initiatives, I think, at the local levels. So the, the Secretary of the State of the Commonwealth has had his hands full over the last month or two. Um, but the good news is, is rest assured, everybody out there listening, um, the ballots are in. You'll be getting your mail-in ballots in the next few days. And get those ballots in as soon as you can. Um, if you know how you're going to vote, there's no reason to wait. If there's a doubt about how you may vote on any of the ballot questions or any of the candidates, it's okay to take your time. You have all the way up to election day. So um, we just encourage people to get them back uh, as soon as they decide how they're going to vote. And um, we hope everybody has a wonderful election season. 
We hope everybody goes out and votes. Um, Cause I know like you, Steve, when I walk out of the ballot box um, and you walk out of the, the building, there's something that feels good when you walk out after you vote. It's, it's the one major civic duty we have at yep. least once a year, every two years in the state case, every four years. Um, and it's our re- obligation to follow through. Yeah, we'll continue to share because I know she also updated the early voting uh, hours at the municipal building. We're not using the uh, high school. High school will only be for the day, election day itself, November 8th. So that's correct. And you nailed it. Civic duty. Um, I get frustrated with people who don't vote. I I don't get it. Um, We've now made it easier and more accessible than it's ever been before. Um, There really is no excuse. we should be feeling like we are the luckiest people in the world to have the system we are in. When you look at what's going on around the world, do not take this for granted. There's always an excuse, but there really should never be an excuse. Um, everybody should make sure they go out and spend the 20 minutes to go out and vote. Well, thank you for taking time to talk Franklin today. Uh, for the listeners, uh, if you're new to this, Tune in again. We do this approximately every two weeks. And for the regulars, uh, you're aware, and you can tune in as as well. Um, It's also available on your various podcast apps, as well as it'll also get scheduled to Franklin Radio on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So thank you again, Jamie. Steve, it's always a pleasure. And final word for the listeners, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.